On today's edition of the show, the Florida Panthers get swept at home in games three and four and are now one loss away from elimination. We discuss how the Panthers got here and how to rebound and move on to game five. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome this Monday, April 24th edition of the Lockdown Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you so much for the everydayers who come to the show every day to get your Panthers fixed. Want to thank you guys sincerely. And you can follow the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. So the Florida Panthers, they lose to the Boston Bruins by a final score of 6-2 to two at FLA Live Arena on Sunday, a 3.30 matinee game, which, of course, no morning skate. So a lot of questions on what was going the lineup what the lineup was going to look like coming in the questions of who was going to start in net what whether Aaron Ekblad was going to play uh Bob started Fitzgerald was in for Aaron Ekblad and a whole bunch of different lineups uh sw- changes for the Florida Panthers before their game against the Boston Bruins but in in this one the Florida Panthers do fall by a final score of 6 to 2 at home net trailed the whole the whole time uh after the first period and played from behind once again and the the team every single game in this series who has scored first has won every single game in this series and this is a great time for me to bring in my guest on the show he's a very familiar voice in all of around South Florida he is not only part of the Florida Panthers flagship station 560 WQAM. He's also the host of Locked On Miami Hurricanes and the Sports Illustrated writer of All Hurricanes, Alex Dono. Alex, welcome back to Locked On Panthers. Mondo, I, I've been better, man. Down 3-1, it's tough because I love these Florida Panthers and I, I know it's not over. I know it's not over and I was listening to the captain, Sasha Barkov, you know, talking about they block out the outside noise. They're not listening to that gloom and doom. They're just going to take this one game at a time the rest of the way. And hopefully there's at least three more games in this series so they can get that come from behind victory. But it's tough, man. Being down 3-1 against a great team, a historic team like these Boston Bruins. I'm not having a whole lot of fun watching hockey these last couple of games. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Uh, and you think that when coming home and having the series tied one, one, you get a win on the road and then coming home confident, knowing that you won twice against the Boston Bruins in the regular season. Of course, that was with Jeremy Swayman starting both of those games in South Florida. Of course, different story, different, different setting as well. And, and being, being a playoff atmosphere for in, in this one, of course. And of course, like I said at the top, 
we didn't know who was start. We didn't know who was starting until literally they took the ice for warmups. Bobrovsky led the led the Panthers out of the tunnel. Aaron Eckblad wasn't part of warmups. Anthony Duclair was a late, uh, healthy scratch with with uh, Zach Delpy drawing in, and then Casey Fitzgerald going into the lineup. Which the decision to not start to not play Lucas Carlson, the logic was not him playing on his offside, which would be on on the right since he's a left-handed shot. I I would assume that he would have played had Mahura not played since Mahura plays on the on the left side. So with Casey Fitzgerald being in on the on the Panthers longer, even though he's only really played two games, but Lucas Carlson having a lot of time in the AHL, of course, great season with Charlotte. Next time they'll play a game is Friday. So the timing of him being called up is, is great for, for the Panthers. But of course, of course, a lot of criticism is going to go Paul Maurice's way about how he structured the lineup. Of course, Racco Goose being on the top pair with Aaron Eckblad out. And, and like I said, Fitzgerald being on that Mahura pair. What what do you think of the lineup changes and not only starting Bobrovsky but putting uh, Casey Fitzgerald in? Risky. Um, I, I can understand in Paul Maurice's situation, you're trying to shake things up a little bit after a tough game three loss on home ice, and you're you're trying to kind of remix the formula a little bit. So I, I thought there was a lot of curious stuff there, uh, but probably to build on what you're saying, Mondo, I, I think that the change that I question least was giving Bob a shot out there. Because um, I know when Bob is in the crease and things don't go well, I know a lot of fans will jump at the coach for making that decision. But mm-hmm. you think about the value of Sergei Bobrovsky's contract, the history that he brings to the ice, the Vesna Trophy winner. Um, I I can understand saying, you know what, it's time to give Bob his opportunity. I, I saw him in a Columbus Blue Jackets jersey, you know, having some of the best performances I've ever seen in net in playoff games years ago. I don't really have any issue with giving Bob a shot. And with that, obviously not working out in game number four. Um, you know, I, I would not really blame Paul Maurice for that. At some point, you have to put some blame on Bob himself for the way that he's lived up to or, or not lived up to the billing for the last couple of years uh, playing for the Florida Panthers. So there was a lot there, Mondo. And unfortunately, when you make these adjustments and, you know, the end result is a 6-2 to loss on home ice and a 3-1 series deficit, um, the big question is, and we're going to talk about it throughout this pod, I'm sure, how does Paul Maurice remix the formula? Because, you know, the next one, literally lose and go home, uh, win or go home, I should say. So there's a lot of question marks at play here. Yeah, no doubt. A lot, a lot of question marks for for the Panthers, and regardless of whether they go on to win three straight and win the series or get eliminated on on Wednesday night, we know that there's going to be changes this off season. Of course, with the freed up cap and all that, and knowing that you you signed uh, contracts that are were short term to get you through what this supposed gap year for for the Panthers, which where they were at. But Bobrovsky, uh, you, you you see, he he also explained after the game the the first goal uh, given up against the against the Boston Bruins, the Brad Marchand goal, where where I had I didn't have the best angle where I was seated, but seeing the replay and seeing that it was under him, Bobrovsky explained it that it was under they he's explained it as it was under his arm. So in that situation, he was told to not um he his instincts tell him to not move. 
and and the peripherals are tough under that goalie mask. And then Brad Marchand uh, knocks it in, and TJ Luxmore was right there on the goal crease. Uh, I I didn't hear the whistle, but I did see the replay again right before uh, recording. Even though the whistle was blown right before, the puck was still loose under his legs. Yeah. So and the Panthers got away with that in Game Three, getting a goal as well. So I, I I'm not necessarily upset about that first goal by Brad Marchand. I'm more disappointed in the fourth goal where Mark Stahl has a turnover in the neutral zone. Bobrovsky can't get a um, glove on it. It's not only that Bobrovsky couldn't glove it and 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 freeze the puck, but it's also the fact that the Panthers, just like they were all all game in game in game four and even throughout the series, when there are rebounds, the Panthers aren't there to clean pucks up to 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 clear as well, and that's what the Boston Bruins do differently than the Panthers. Yeah, um, on the on the one where the whistle blew, I, I think you had a great take on that. That it you know didn't really affect the play, and I think that's the most important thing. I think that my frustration with that, and Paul Maurice talked about it a little bit in post game, was you'd like to see those decisions more consistently made across the playoffs when you have goals in similar situations in other series being wiped out and this one stands like you just you want to feel like you're playing under the same set of rules but then you know the rules the interpretations of little nuances can also vary based on which officials are on your game so you know it's it's tough man this is one of those things where you still do have a little bit of human error and human um human inefficiencies involved in NHL officiating unless you go to robot refs which may happen someday but we're not at that point yet yeah. you're not going to take away some of those human inconsistencies from the game and you know I, I thought you brought up a great stat earlier that the team that scored first has won every game in this series and I think that's always going to be especially true against a, a team like Boston and maybe the most important stat would be uh trailing heading into the third period because they are so capable of putting the clamps on. Uh, now, with that said, when the Panthers get that Sam Bennett goal and they pull within one before Boston completely retakes over the game, uh, that was frustrating because you felt like you were giving yourself a chance to get big back into that one and maybe you have a game-tying goal coming up. But the Bruins, as we see, we saw it uh, from them throughout the regular season. We're seeing it into the playoffs. If they're nursing a lead in the third period, it just becomes so, so difficult to come back and win some of these games. Yeah. Uh, with, with the Boston Bruins, just checking out how they did in the regular season when leading after the third period in the regular season, when they were leading after the third period, they're 41, 47, one and two when leading <laughs> after the third period. That's according to hockey reference. Wow. Uh, so that's their record when going into, into the third period. So, you know, they're not going to have a big, a major letdown uh, going into the third period. Yeah. One, one letdown all year. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, and and one of those games was J- January twenty eighth against the Florida Panthers, the over the Sam Reinhart uh, overtime winner. So that was one of them. So, <laughs> but we're gonna transition over to segment number two, where we're gonna discuss more about who who are the players who have been great for the Panthers, but also the continued issues that that arise with the Florida Panthers as they lose another game in, and get swept at home in in both of these home games here at FLA Live Arena. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about game time. And buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets to all sports, music, comedy, theater near you. 
With killer deals on last-minute tickets on their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, with exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly when you arrive. Tag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use low code locked on NHL to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Segment number two here on this Monday, April 24th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And thank you guys for making Locked On Panthers your first listen of the day. And shout out to the everydayers once again for coming over and ma- and listening to the show and getting your daily Florida Panthers fix. We are once again here with Alex Dano of Locked On Canes and the flagship station for the Florida Panthers, 560 WQAM. And Alex, I, I talked about after game three how the Florida Panthers had that wasted opportunity with their penalty kill going perfect. But of course, Timely penalties once again. The Florida Panthers, they lead in shots on goal for the first nine minutes and eleven seconds, ten to nothing. And then for for um first penalty for, for the pan for the Panthers, Colin White on that cross check. Uh the the and that's where Marchand scored his goal. And then Matthew Kachuk uh later as the whistle blows later in the in the in the first period, going into the locker room, knowing that you're gonna be down a man going into that second period. And of course, what a beautiful feat by Dmitry Orlov to Jake DeBrus. That was in Boston getting in front of that consistently and, and 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 getting their center centering feeds down redirections. We saw it on the DeBrus goal. We saw it on the Tyler Bertuzzi goal, which Bob had no chance on the Bertuzzi goal as well. And it's just the continued issues with taking the un, untimely penalties and all and playing behind the eight ball um, for, for, for this Panthers team. I, I want you to give your thoughts on the un, untimeliness of, uh, of the Panthers consistently shooting themselves in the foot. Against Boston, every penalty is untimely. That, that's just the way it is uh, because the Panthers, you know, throughout this series, uh, they've been very good and very competitive at even strength. It's just been a matter of staying outside the box where the Panthers haven't been great on the kill. Boston's deadly on the power play. You know, I can remember Mondo uh, about a week ago, you know, co-hosting a, a playoff special on WQAM with Doug Plagans, who calls the games on radio. Bill Lindsay joined us, of course, former Florida Panther and color analyst Jeff Chikrin joined us on that show. And, and one of the big topics that came up was just the importance of and obviously you're going to go on the kill at some points at a playoff series. No one's going to be perfect mm-hmm. there, but just the importance of trying to stay at five on five as much as possible because the Panthers can compete with the Bruins there. Uh, Cause we saw it rear its ugly head a little bit in game one that the Panthers lost the playoff special we did was after game one. So I think the big key that all the experts and the former NHL players were bringing up was you've got to stay five on five as much as possible. The Panthers just haven't been able to execute that. And now, you know, when you head into uh, to game uh, to game five, coming up here, which is a do or die for the Panthers to stave off elimination. They're going back to Boston for this. And I'm just, I'm wondering what 
the tone uh, is going to be like in that arena, Mondo, because I would imagine the Panthers are going to come out, you know, like a bat out of hell and they're, the, the Bruins are going to have to weather an early storm. The Panthers are going to come out with a ton of energy. And I'm wondering what the energy is going to be like among that sold out crowd, because one of the one of the cooler conversations that we had uh, recently with Bill Lindsay who, of course, was part of some pretty important playoff series uh, with the Florida Panthers back in 1996. And, and he said, you know what, um, he he isn't a big subscriber to, oh, you always want to be home, playoff environment. He liked going on the road. And that Panthers team, they liked going on the road because there can be kind of a nervous energy among the road fans in some of these big games. And if you can get an early goal, all of a sudden the crowd gets very quiet and there's some nervous energy. So I'd like the Panthers to create something like that. I'd like the Panthers to go up there, create a little adversity for this Bruins team, maybe take an early lead, make that crowd a little bit nervous, make them a little bit antsy, and maybe some of that energy will transfer into the Bruins players. So I'm, I'm hoping something like that can transpire. Yeah, and of course with with winning game two and and getting up in front of of Linus Hallmark as well, that that's that that's really the adjustments that they made toward it from game game one to game two. But even for for the Panthers, the the way Boston the the way Boston, even when they and when the Panthers chip the puck into the zone and and are having their board battles. The Boston Bruins, even when they're clearing and and the Panthers stop it right at the blue line, they're ready to get back into 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 the slot to to block shots or and 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 get in the in the passing lanes as well. Just looking at a nat- natural stat trick right now and seeing the the shot the shot uh the shot quality that the Panthers had the the low slot. Chances in the low slot, but the the high slot was the one where it was very closed off for 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 the Panthers on 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 Saturday on Sunday afternoon against the Bruins, and a lot of their shots came uh, from the blue line as well. You see Boston's uh, if if not 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 too many from the high slot. They they were able to get pucks down down low and, and deep, and four four of their goal four of Boston's goals came right on the doorstep. I I know both of Florida's goals came 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 there as well. Matthew Kachuk with the beautiful uh, between the legs goal, which Montour overskated, and then that was the only move Matthew Kachuk could make to to make it two one at the time. And of course, but the positive is the the Panthers did get their power, power play goal one for eleven now, two for forty two in the last two postseasons, which is four point eight percent for this power play uh, for for the Panthers. But the Boston Bruins, they're four fourteen. In, in the in the series um, themselves, twenty eight percent there. So special teams isn't necessarily losing the battle one hundred percent for 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 in this series, but you know that when your when your power play is not going, that that you got to find a way to stop them. And look, when 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 Aaron Ekblad was a scratch, um, what. Well, not scratch, but uh, not a healthy scratch, but it went too too hurt to play. Even though he skated yesterday, I was wondering who's going to be on that on that power play unit. I was gonna, I was thinking it's going to be Verhage, but they put Sam Bennett there, and look what happens. Panthers get it to the net. Sam Bennett's right there for a rebound, and then and then uh, knocks it into the goal where Linus Hallmark was way off of uh, his, his crease there. But the 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 power play continues to be just 
slow puck movement too. And and the Boston Bruins are there to consistently uh, break up passes. They're they're their guys aren't out of position as as well, and it just goes to show the the job that Jim Montgomery has done uh, for for the bees. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know the an easy answer to try and to try and snap out of that funk because Boston's so structured, and Olmark is just such an incredible goaltender, right? Because on the one hand, you think maybe you just need to let more pucks fly uh, at the net because you know you, you you can't win if you don't shoot, you can't score if you don't shoot. Try to create some more rebounds like that, but they're just so good at cleaning that stuff up. So it's like. Do you want to save up your opportunities to try and conserve to only quality opportunities, or do you want to spray more pucks at the net to try and get more rebounds? No, nothing they try to do seems to work. Yeah, and and even even sometimes it's it's gone to the point that sometimes even when you have like a mini breakaway and you're entering the zone, even before you can get traffic, you're you're trying to shoot from the top of the circle just to see yeah. if you can throw something off. Of Linus Allmark, and even then, he's not he's not falling falling for those as well. Uh, I mean, Montour, Bennett, Kachuk had their fair share of shot on goal on goal, but even Barkov, he had seven on on, on Sunday afternoon, and even then, even then, the the captain has had a hard time to to get on on the score sheet as well. It's just a it's it's a big enough sample size to to of what how Sasha Barkov has played in the postseason, and. We, we we've seen it through four different head coaches now with, with Barkov. And that's just the, the most frustrating part when it comes to a superstar like him on your team. And you think about the shakeup that happened last season to this season and what, and, and we don't, ne I don't necessarily have an answer of why the, 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 this uh, core, I know Huberto has gone now, why they haven't kept going, gotten going like, like a Sasha Barkov. Uh, do you, what do you think about that? Oh my gosh, it's um, I, we could probably do a, a whole week of shows on that because when when I look through Mondo, who's been performing so far in these playoffs, and you you already hit the names. I mean, Kachuk, just what an acquisition, right? If anybody doubted that trade, and as much as I loved Jonathan Huberto, you know, Matthew Kachuk has been he's been completely worth that acquisition, and he's he's doing his part here in these playoffs. Montour and Bennett have been really good, but then you're like, wait. You've got a guy who's a, you know, should be a bona fide superstar. He's your captain, and he just doesn't produce in a lot of these big spots. You know, I've always found that just some I, – I think it's mental with him, Mondo, because we know that physically uh, he is just such a skilled, crafty player. You know, the way he can transition to backhands, the way that he can create – quality shots on net when one wouldn't exist in the vision that he has to feed teammates. We know how good Barkov is. I, I don't know if it's, if it's an aggression problem or, or maybe sometimes he feels that pressure too much, especially wearing the C, you know, maybe some of that gets to him. Uh, and, you know, I, I trust his temperament because I thought he mm -hmm. was saying the right things after the game. You know, when he talks about blocking out the outside noise and not worrying about where the series is right now at, at three to one, just going out there and trying to claw your way back in. So, you know, I, I don't question his leadership or anything like that. I just, for, for some reason, when the lights are brightest in these playoffs, we don't always get the best version of Barkov and you need him because, you know, you can't expect Matthew Kachuk to carry the entire team offensively on his back. If he's going to do that, he might be able to beat certain teams in this league in best of sevens, but Boston's not one of those. Yeah, def definitely not. And, and the frustrating part, once again, is doing it without, without the top two centers of Bergeron 
and, and and crazy that's the that's the tough part about it but we're going to transition over to segment number three we're going to discuss more about the panthers two days off uh talk about more of what palmery said after how how bobs spoke a- after the game and of course ask the question about who should start in game five we're going to discuss that next here on the lockdown florida panthers podcast Third and final segment here on this Monday, April 24th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I got Alex Dono here, host of Locked On Canes and works for the flagship station of the Florida Panthers 560 WQAM. So, Alex, uh, the the Panthers, of course, dropping this one. Like we said, goaltending wasn't the main issue for the Florida Panthers on why they're losing this series. And, of course, talked about the blue liners. Uh the difference between this one, of course, I, I didn't even get to mention that Radkoog is losing the losing the puck in neutral zone where Taylor Hall chips it up and then he takes it backhand back to his forehand to beat Bobrovsky and then Mark Stahl uh, losing it, which resulted in the second uh, Jake DeBruskel where uh, Bob could have had that save, but just the difference in in just positioning in in, in the neutral zone where where Boston uses their speed to their advantage. And even even in, in this one, five-on-five five shot attempts, 50, 54 shot attempts to 40 for Boston at five-on-five. At, at five. Uh, but like we spoke about earlier, high slot was very uh, closed for, that, for the Panthers in, in their own offensive zone. But Maurice, even though he spoke about playing loose, in game five of course you can't think about game six you can't think about game seven you got to think of one game at a time and was very frustrated by one of the questions about about playing the Boston Bruins against their uh without their top two centers and spoke about how the Panthers went to Tampa without their top two centers and still found a way to win obviously different settings with postseason versus regular season so he's he's sticking with the no excuses factor, which you can appreciate out of a coach uh, there. But but also with the decision to go to Bobrovsky, spoke about how Alex Lyon was a big workload. This was an opportunity for him to get a little bit of rest with Bobrovsky not playing for a few weeks. And even, even though Bob came in at the end of game three, I... Part of me, part of me, thinks that the right decision should be to go back to Alex Lyon for Game Five, but it's about, but it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> what does Paul Maurice think? What does he think the 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 Panthers should do? I think he's going to go back to Bobrovsky for for Game Five. But what Ooh. I think the Panthers should do, I think they should go back to Alex Lyon for Game Five. What do you think, Alex? I agree. I wholeheartedly agree because listen, first of all, um, it's got to be at this point, it's got to be a meritocracy. And like you said, it wasn't all about goaltending. Like that wasn't the primary reason the Panthers lost that game four to Boston. But it's not like Bob gave you any reason to stick with him for another game. Like it's not like, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think you were hoping for, hey, Bob is more well rested. You mentioned everything, which was valid that, you know, it had been a heavy workload for the lion king you know let's let bob who hadn't started a game in nearly a month let's give him an opportunity because guess what former besna trophy winner maybe he can provide some kind of a spark he didn't provide that so i truly believe you go back to the guy who got you here right because 
I don't believe the Florida Panthers would even be a playoff team if not for what Alex Lyon did in net for, through the final stretch run. I think he earned that opportunity in a meritocracy. If you're not going by the contracts for each goalie, obviously, Alex Lyon was the guy who got you to this point. And, you know, I think after giving him a breather, and it's not like Bob did enough to take the job from him uh, on Sunday afternoon, I think you go back to Alex Lyon. I, you know, and again, I, I, like you said, we are not Paul Maurice and, you know, and I, I'm, I'm even if he catches wind of this conversation, I don't think he's going to say, well, Mondo and Dono think I should go back to Lions. So let's make it happen. He's going to make his own decision. Uh, he's going to weigh all the factors. But to me, I think the way that I would play it is going back to Lion King. Yeah. And I'm, I'm holding I'm holding up a number and it's not and it's not. And I know you probably think because you host Locked on Canes and you watch college football, <laughs> it, it, it means something else. It's the, it's the number four. So, but it means me holding up the number four means something different in this instance. It's four days off for Alex Lyon if he were to start in game five. So that, that would be a good enough rest if he were to go. And honestly, uh, it, it, and listen, once again, and this is for for the re- for the record, whatever Alex Line does the rest of the way, it's gonna live in 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 our memories, uh, for for as as far as long as we are involved with the Florida Panthers, and as long as we look back at the memories of what Alex Line did to get the pan the Panthers to this point, and this is likely whatever happens is likely gonna be his last games with the Florida Panthers because he's gonna earn himself a contract. Bob is on a no move clause. You gave Spencer Knight an extension as well. And it's kind of like, I kind of see it as like the Chris Trigger situation from a few years ago where, yeah. where he was going to go get paid. You want him to go get uh, his money. And George Richards even spoke about it uh, yesterday that the Panthers cannot afford to have three one-way contracts on goalies next season, especially with where they are at the cap. And we can't even depend that the cap is going to rise significantly because right now it's only going to, it's the, if, we, we can't read Gary Bettman on what he says on, on what the cap is going to be, but it looks like it's going to be only raised by 1 million as of right now. Who knows? It could, it could raise more, rise more, but the Panthers are also not in a situation to keep all three as, as well. So, you know, you're going to see Bob again next season as well, and you're going to get a full off season of him as well. So I think that's also reason to go back to Alex line because you're going to, you're likely going to see, and Bob will have to agree to a trade too. Right. So I, I just, I, I just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a position where it's, it's a little tough. Your back's against the wall, but you got to, you got to find, you got to find a way to get one win. And then all bets are off coming, coming uh, back to FLA live arena, hopefully on Friday night. But Dono, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Monday edition of the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Any final words before we sign off here? Just uh, the Panthers need to play as if it's their last chance because it is. I don't. I don't mind if they uh, if they're you know if they work up too much energy in that first period, take a few risks. I, I think you have to do that in a situation like this. But I just want to say, Mondo, thank you for having me because you do a fantastic job keeping Panther fans informed and entertained. And I hope I hope you've got more playoff games to talk about after Game Five. You and me both, I'm hoping. I don't want my offseason to start early, that's for sure. 
Uh, so uh, tell everybody where they can follow you and your work online. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and so listen, we keep it in the family here on the Locked On Network. So you want to make sure if you're if you're interested in college football, Miami Hurricanes football, especially, I host Locked On Canes every day. Uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Dono. You also follow the show. I run that Twitter account as well at Locked On Canes, and you should be able to get everything there to find us. And you know, probably uh, probably get annoyed by how much we probably overcover the team because we love it so much. <laughs> absolutely uh th- th- thank you uh dono and hope to see you next time my friend thank you and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the locked on florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the locked on ahl network including locked on ahl locked on fantasy hockey with flip livingstone and steel roden and locked on ahl prospects thank you for making the locked on florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day and for the everydayers, tomorrow on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, there might be a possibility for a series check-in with someone from the Panthers media. Not going to spoil that surprise, but come back tomorrow and we will be providing you with that conversation with a check-in on the series as the Florida Panthers will have two days off before heading to Boston for Game 5. So I'm Armando Velez with Alex Dono. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. <laughs>